Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, February the 8th. And welcome to our commentary. The big story today, of course, is Colorado at the Supreme Court. This is the famous case where they wanted to take uh, Donald Trump off the ballot over a 14th Amendment uh, insurrection accusation. Again, you can never tell what the Supreme Court is going to do based on the questions and the back and forth that we could hear uh, from the Supreme Court. I had the, the opportunity to to listen to some of it uh, was being broadcast live. And, and then I've picked up bits and pieces uh, during the day. And again, based on what I heard, and not just me, but most of the experts uh, feel that it was probably a good day for Donald Trump staying on the ballot and a bad day for the state of Colorado keeping him off the ballot. Some of the back and forth was fascinating, uh, especially uh, Justice Kavanaugh asking or, or saying that uh, something along the lines that, you know, if Donald Trump has not been convicted of an insurrection, then how can you accuse him of an insurrection or something like that? So I think Colorado had a very weak case to begin with. And I don't think they had the best people representing the state of Colorado, frankly, before the Supreme Court either. I, I would argue that. I don't think they were very smart in the people they brought. But the bottom line is that, again, based on the audio, based on what we heard, that I think the Supreme Court will shoot this down and we can finally put uh, this whole thing to rest. Uh, look, I think it's very dangerous to play with this kind of fire where one state says, you know, we're going to take him off the ballot based on something that he's never been accused of. Again, Donald Trump has never been accused of an insurrection and he definitely has not been convicted of an insurrection. And furthermore, Jack Smith, who's overseeing the January 6th investigation, he doesn't charge him with an insurrection. So there's a lot of a lot of things here that we have to, uh, you know, we have to be careful with. You know, it's like playing with fire. You got to be careful. Some of these states uh, going with this. So I think he's going to win. I think Donald Trump's going to win the case, whether he wins nine to nothing or seven to two or eight to one. I mean, I don't know that. But I think he should win nine to nothing because I think Colorado had a very weak case in uh, keeping uh, Trump off the ballot. So I don't know when they're going to issue their final opinion. I don't know. Normally, the Supreme Court issues these opinions in June, but I don't know if this one is going to be on a faster route or whatever uh, than some of the others. But I do think it was a good day for the Trump side, again, based on the audio uh, that we heard. Over at the Senate, they uh, had a vote, had several votes, I guess. And at the end of the day, they didn't get the border deal. They didn't get uh, Ukraine. They didn't get uh, the Israel. And the whole thing turned out to be a big mess. Now, the Democrats are trying to blame the Republicans for what happened in this border deal. And they're trying to blame Donald Trump. They're saying that Donald Trump told the Republicans to vote against it. Well, the problem with that argument is that six Democrats or five or six Democrats voted against this bill, too, in the Senate. They were uh, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Bob Menendez and Alex Padilla. I think there was another one, too, whose name I don't remember. So these Democrats voted against it. And that's why they could only get to 49 votes in the, in the overall scheme of things. This was not a good bill. Now, there were some things in it that, yes, uh, are good. And yes, the Border Patrol did say that this was better than nothing. 
But the Border Patrol also said, this is the part that you're not hearing, the Border Patrol also said that they don't really need a new bill because President Biden already has all the powers uh, to enforce the laws that we have. And that, uh, you know, it's nice to have this, but not necessarily the, the, the only thing we can do. I think President Biden, for whatever reason, does not want to take action on the border. He could shut down the border tomorrow morning. He could end uh, asylum on the border tomorrow morning. He could take some action uh, uh, on a national security basis, and uh, he, we, we could improve a lot of the problems on the, on, on, the, on the border. But this was not a good day overall for this bill, and this was not a good bill, as I say. I think that uh, I agree with those who say that this was all politically motivated, but from the Democrat side. The Democrats were hoping to use this bill as a way of bailing out President Biden. If you look at this, uh, at these public opinion polls, uh, President Biden right now is minus 30 when it comes to the border. His approval is down minus 30 when it comes to the border. Uh, I mean, he's in deep trouble when it comes to the border. And if you're watching what's coming out of New York and what's coming out of Chicago, there is a meltdown among Democrats in these cities. I just saw a uh, video of uh, this fellow, Stephen Smith of ESPN, he's coming down very hard on these debit cards in New York. And if you if you watch what uh, some of these uh, African-American Democrats are saying in Chicago, they're coming down very hard on this whole question of sanctuary cities. So the Democrats are in big trouble when it comes to the border. And I think this bill was intended to somehow, somehow say, oh, look, those terrible Republicans don't want to do anything about the border. No, no, the Republicans have already have already proposed uh, in the House something called HR2 that would deal with the border very effectively, but the Senate didn't want to pick that up. So, you know, they want to play the blame game. I think there's enough blame to go around. But the bottom line is that we are lacking a president here. That's what we're lacking. We're lacking a president who can take action quickly through executive powers that he has and uh, do something, at least in the short term, about closing down this border and giving these judges and these courts uh, currently full of cases an opportunity uh, to catch up with all the cases they already have. Now, it was not a good day for the House GOP when it came to Mallorca. Now, I will say, and I'll repeat what I said before, I don't think it was a good idea to uh, impeach Mallorca, especially if you knew ahead of time that you have you have a lead, I mean, you have a majority of like three votes in the House. So you need every single Republican. So if you have any defections, you're going to have a problem. Well, as it turned out, they lost by one vote. And, you know, you look silly when you put something like this to a vote and you don't uh, get it done. So they should have maybe waited. But the bottom line is that I, I don't I think it's a waste of time to go after Mallorca. Mallorca is not the one making our policy. He's simply, you know, he's simply the guy out there carrying out the orders that he gets from the White House. If you believe, as I do, that President Biden uh, is not enforcing the law on the border, then they should impeach Biden. Honestly, they should go at President Biden and impeach him over this incredible lawlessness on the border. I mean, they should just skip Mallorca and go right after right after President Biden. At least make your case that the president is violating the law and not enforcing the law on the border. But Mallorca, I think that was probably a distraction that we can do without. That's all I 
I can tell you. That's all I can tell you. Well, I've got a post uh, coming out Friday morning about a new Gallup poll that came out indicating that the Republicans are making gains with Hispanics and with Blacks as well, with African-Americans. And I think when you look at the situation in the country, you can understand why this is happening. Uh, You look at the border and the chaos on the border, which is now being felt in Chicago and New York. It is definitely being felt on the border itself. All those towns on the border, whether it's Laredo, whether it's Eagle Pass, whether it's uh, Del Rio, all the way over to uh, El Paso, all of those towns have been deeply impacted. And I I haven't even said anything about Arizona. I mean, Arizona is getting hit very hard because at least the, the governor of Texas is doing something about our border. The governor of Arizona isn't doing anything about the border. I mean, that situation over there is a big mess. But I think a lot of African-Americans and a lot of Hispanics are disappointed with the Democrats because the Democrats are not delivering. Now, I mentioned in my post uh, some of the work that Rui Teixeira has done on this topic. He's written a lot of articles about all of this, warning Democrats that they're losing uh, Hispanic support. A lot of it is over family values and over the fact that the economy is not helping uh, Hispanics. But clearly, there, there is something going on out there, and more and more people are disenchanted with the Democrat Party. And that's what, uh, that's what the Gallup uh, organization is picking up in their poll. And things, things are not going well. Things are not going well for the Democrats. And I think the biggest fear that Democrats have is not so much that, that they're going to get or that, his, you know, that African-Americans are going to vote more for, for Trump in, in numbers. I think the fear they have is that there's no enthusiasm and they're not going to show up to vote. And then they don't show up to vote. And that, of course, could very well cost them a couple of Senate seats because some of these senators you know, in competitive uh, elections get in because they get 90% of the black vote and so on. And if there's no enthusiasm, they don't show up, you know, that could be that could be a problem, let's say, in Ohio, where there's a competitive uh, state election or Senate uh, election, definitely in Florida, where there is a uh, competitive, uh, well, not not totally competitive, but where the, the Democrats want to pick up a seat. So, Clearly, clearly, there's something going on out there with the Hispanic vote and the African-American vote, and the Republicans are gaining, and the Democrats are not. So check out my post uh, uh, on Friday. Well, for those of you who like music, it was on this day uh, or this week back in 1964 that the Beatles came to the United States. They landed on the 7th, which would have been yesterday. They were all over New York uh, today on the 8th doing press conferences. And then the next day, which turned out to be a Sunday, February the 9th, they made uh, their historic appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. But it was also a week that began one of the most incredible streaks in music history, and that is where the Beatles had the number one song for three and a half months. So beginning the first week of uh, February, going all the way to mid-May, a song by the Beatles was number one on the Billboard charts. And it was an incredible streak that, you know, was eventually uh, the, the next group that was able to do something like that was the Bee Gees in early 1978. Their streak was pretty long too, but nothing like uh, the Beatles being in first place for, for three months. So Beatlemania, as they used to call it, began this week in 1964. And if you have a chance... 
watch some of those videos of the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show, because you can watch those videos and you can really appreciate why there was such chemistry, such great chemistry between the Beatles and their fans back then. You can just, that, that show on the Ed Sullivan show, the electricity that night between the Beatles and their fans was something that must have been unbelievable. Obviously, obviously I wasn't there. I wasn't even in the United States at the time. But it was clearly a uh, one of those moments that, you know, one of those great moments in musical history, television history, too, because they had 73 million people watching the Beatles on Sunday night, on that Sunday night on the Ed Sullivan show. 73 million people in 1964. I mean, you talk about a monopoly of uh, watching. I mean, that's just about every television in the country was turned on to the Beatles. So watch it. If you get a chance, watch those videos. They're absolutely great. Well, thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.